The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Outside the Spotlight with Darnell Autry. If you've wanted to go behind the scenes with your favorite sports figure or entertainment personality, this is the show for you. Darnell has successfully bridged the gap between both and is ready to share his stories and his guest stories with you. Now, here's Darnell. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Welcome, welcome, welcome uh, to another episode of Outside the Spotlight, uh, OTS. I am your host, Darnell Autry, and I am super, super, super excited about the guests that I have in here today. But first, I want to recap uh, and thank my man, Kevin Shola, for... uh, for uh, uh, being on the show last week, it was awesome. I mean, his his football knowledge was amazing. However, pause for effect. Uh, some of his picks didn't necessarily pan out the way that he said they was going to. So, you know, Kevin, I know you listening. I'm just telling you this right now. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm lucky I went on my own because some of them picks that you gave me, not so much. So... Uh, and also, I also want to uh, talk about my fantasy, uh, my fantasy football last week. I got smashed again, so now I am 0-3, and I'm not happy about it. But this week, I think I can bounce back because I'm playing my sister, so she's in my league, so I think I got a chance against her. However, she is 3-0, and so, you know, it's kind of like the bottom and the top, so, you know, I got to win this one because if I don't, then I'm not going to be able to, you know, it's going to be real terrible at the home front because she's just going to be killing me all week about how much she beat me up in uh, in fantasy. So hopefully, you know, I get my fantasy team together, you know, all of them been injured or whatever. So hopefully I'll do better this week. So my guest today is a real good friend of mine, a guy named J.D. Harris. Uh, I met J.D. a long time ago when we was with, uh, when I was with the Bears and he was working with the Bears. Uh, uh, J.D., What's going on, man? How you feeling? Not much, homeboy. How about yourself? Oh, man, it's great, man. Thank you very much for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, JD's done a whole lot with his life, and uh, he had quite the—he's got quite the, the the football background and quite the uh, the experience. Uh, and we'll get to that. But at first, uh, you know, JD, I wanted to share with you or talk to you a little bit about um, this book that came out. This uh, this book about Walter Payton, and you know, I feel like I should definitely. Um, uh, touch on that because you know i'm a huge walter payton fan you know i played in chicago and as a matter of fact his people uh did my marketing for me when i was with the bears so i got a chance to get really close with him and his family and uh and his kids and you know i had nothing but love and admiration for him and uh you know this book that came out uh i don't know if anybody's heard of it and i'm going to be looking for it but this book basically it basically comes out and just just be smudges, my man. I mean, he basically just throws dirt on him, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, I saw brief headlines on it on the news. Yeah, let me see if I can pull some of this up. But yeah, I mean, 
basically, basically the book is like, you know, Walter was, was, you know, strung out on drugs and, you know, he had, you know, all these affairs and, you know, he was, you know, hooked up on, you know, actually was addicted to painkillers or whatever. And, and, and the bottom line for me is that, and I'll tell my kids this when they get older, is that when you admire an athlete, okay, there's a difference between what that person does on the field and what that person does as a, as a, an individual, what he does in his own personal life, you know, and, and, and I'm gonna tell my kids, that, hey, listen, you gotta separate the difference. You gotta know Absolutely. the difference. You know, what people do in their private life is their business, right? I mean. I, I would have to acquiesce with you 100% on this. Uh, you see so often that athletes are put on the, uh, they're the ones that people want to expose. No one really cares what the actors and actresses do no one really cares sometimes what the school teachers do unless they break a law so i mean why are athletes attacked more you know i have an issue with that personally. no i mean you know basically uh, let's see let's figure out who wrote this book because this this uh you know kind of kind of gets me a little bit bent out of shape i mean uh, you know my guy's been he's been dead for 12 years now and now you know, this guy wants to drum up, you know, personal business about affairs and, you know, being drug, you know, addicted to drugs and all that stuff. And, you know, I, it, Jeff Perlman, I guess, this guy's mm-hmm. name, Jeff Perlman's the, what's the sweetness, the enigmatic. I don't even want, I don't even want to tell the title. You know what I mean? I'm not even going, I'm not even going to support it. I'm not even going to say the title because it's not even worth it. The bottom line is that, you know, 12 years after the fact, you know, now you want to, you want to drum up dirt and all that stuff. I don't care. Just like, um, uh, who said that? Uh, uh, who's that? Uh, I know Mike Dicker came out and was was livid about the whole noise. He was like, "Nah, I could spit on the author." I'm like, "Okay, well, do you think?" And Perlman has a history. This, he's making m- money off of people's live live lives. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, such as such as I mean, such as the media. I mean, that's just the way the media goes. But you know, I, I felt like I had to touch on this top this topic and. You know, he still he still was one of the greatest person, uh, greatest athletes that I knew uh, personally. Um, he was always kind and and uh, giving to my family, uh, really supportive of my career. Uh, so you know, I, I I don't I don't get it. I mean, I get it. I get it. It's about money. I understand it. I know you got. I know Jeff got. I know Jeff. You got to make some money. I get that. I understand that. But you know, you got to be careful about how you you know you know how you trying to you know. Throw dirt on people and and what you're saying. Not necessarily saying it's not true, and uh, that's neither here nor there. That man's personal life, what he does, what affairs he had, what his life was with his wife and his kids. That's not for me to judge. I'm not, you know, I don't know it like that. You know, what I mean, I, I've I've met his family. I I knew him very well. You know, it's not for me to pass judgment on whether or not he's, you know, a good husband or a boyfriend or whatever. I know him as Walter Payton, who was the the iconic, you know, athlete that he was. He was good to me, so I'm not I'm not going to support something like that that, that just throws dirt on him. I'm just not going to do it. Fun individual. I mean, Payton came in when you were at the Bears, when I was at the Bears, and I remember the practical joker. I remember the guy that was strong as an ox, even up until his sickness. And I remember all the fun things about Walter Payton and why can't that just be enough bruh I, I tell you I tell you a couple of funny stories uh, you know when, when I was uh, when I was with the Bears, uh, his office was out in Hoffman Estates, and so his people, Jenny Quirk, and uh, uh, I can't forget, I can't remember the other gal that was basically his assistants in his team. Uh, you know, Walter, I would be in the office, and they'd be talking about maybe different appearances that they had for me. Maybe I would just be touching base. Walter would come in, 
And of course, every time he saw me, he got that huge smile, right? Because he, you know, he's about to be up to some kind of shenanigans. So he would shake my hand, right? And damn near crush it to death. I mean, bring me to my knees. And I'm screaming like, all right, okay, Walter. Now I'm 20, I'm 21 at the time. You know, I'm feeling like I'm at the top of my, you know, strength. You know, I'm, I'm still building. I'm still youthful. And this dude is crushing my hand and putting me onto the ground. I'm like, oh, man. Mm-hmm. And he just thought it was hysterical. He thought it was absolutely hysterical. And the other thing that he used to do, he always used to come up with like random things like like uh so how many push ups can you do right now? I'm like, how many push ups can I do right now? I'm like I'm in slacks, I mean, you know, I'm trying to I'm maybe heading to an appearance. He's he'd stop by and be like, All right, listen, how many how many push ups can you do right now? I'm like, Man, Walt, I, I really don't know. Let's see. And of course, you know, Walt's paid now should do some some push ups. I mean you yeah, can't be like, Nah, nah, I ain't doing it. So, you know, I'd go out there, rattle off maybe twenty or thirty, you know, maybe something like that. You know, give or take uh ten or twenty. Uh but Walter would then, after you did that, he'd be like, oh, yeah, so, you know, I could do like 150 in a sauna that's 130 degrees or something. Just totally make you feel like, oh, oh, okay. And he was like, I think he was like, he was in his 40s at that time. I'm like, oh, wow. So, you know, I, I, I just, it, it breaks my heart. I mean, I know that all of Chicago is heartbroken. Um, one for the loss, but two, then 12 years after the fact, we got this guy that's writing a book that's just basically, you know, putting his business out in the street. And I, and I get it, Jeff. I get it. I know you got to make money. I mean, people, you know, smut sells, sells, uh, books. So I, I get it. I get it. So I just had to put that in there and say that, you know, I, I, I don't support it. I don't think it's right, but. You know, to each their own. I'm not going to judge Jeff on on what he thinks is going to make money, and, and I'm not saying that. You know, I'm not going to confirm nor deny any of the allegations because I don't know that stuff about Walter. So Sweet. I'm not even going to comment on it. So done with that. All right. So JD, my man JD. Uh, one, that's a little quick little background. I met JD when I was with the Bears, but I also was, you know, we ran the same circles when I was in college, and we all used to work out in the same fields in Evanston. You know, he uh, he's from Waukegan, so, you know, he'd come down and do his thing. But where I really met him, really forged relationships, was when he was with the Bears, right? Yep. Uh, right. Interning. You were interning for the Bears. So, you know, Jay was this guy, you know, he was a really good guy, you know, we talked a lot and, you know, we just shared, you know, I was a rookie at the time, so I didn't know which way it was what, so he had to always coach me up and point me in the direction of where the, you know, where the locker room was or where I got to go to the cafeteria and all that stuff, because we just got into that new building, so, so where the, where the rookie locker room was and all that stuff, so, uh, but me and JD kept in touch for a long time, and so I'll let, I'll let JD sort of share a little bit of background. I know you started, into the scouting first, right? I mean, yeah. But be, a side note, your right. rookie card that I just found the other day had the haircut that I cut. Oh, that's exactly <laughs> right! Wow, that's right. You did cut the hair, yeah. man. I totally forgot about that. The team barber as well, JD, is fading everybody up. Uh, that's right. Keep the squeaky tight, okay? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so basically, I, I interned four years with the Bears, and uh, and personnel started off in PR marketing. Um, and after that, I went on to Cleveland. Was pro personnel assistant with the Browns in 2000. Uh, my what, did, what, did you, what did you have to do for that? I mean, what did that? What it, did that it was scouting. Play? It was just you're pretty much going to get everything dumped on you. Right, basically, basically you do <laughs> the do lowest boy man work, right, exactly. in the personnel department. Um, uh, when I was with the Bears, in fact, I had, we just brought in Erlacher. Oh wow! And so f- helped work with that draft. Went on and then went to Cleveland and. Uh, Experienced a little dismal season, and well, after it's, leaving it's, the Bears, it's, it's Cleveland, unfortunately. I mean, yeah. Cleveland will be Cleveland. I mean, I, I, I hate to hear it for them, but it is what it is. 
Sometimes the best view of Cleveland is through the rearview mirror, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And JD, um, JD's at him now already. Right? JD's taking at him. Uh, so, yeah, from Cleveland, I went on and I started uh, coaching, went back to my alma mater high school, coached at Waukegan High School, and then went on to coach uh, Division Three at University of Wisconsin-Platteville. Uh, that year, our offense was fourth in the nation. Uh, my receiver, I had three receivers. Two of them had 700-yard seasons and a 500. Then I went on to a couple other schools coaching uh, Trinity International playoff season 8-2. and two. We were number four in the nation, too, offensively uh, coordinated. Um, and so that took me, during that time, um, I always had a dream outside with football and outside of football. I wanted to be able to just experience take football to a global level and uh yeah so yeah i like I was, that i like that while i was at uh U- uw platteville we had some guys come in from germany because one of our coaches was from germany so we did a seminar and i did some things with them coaching wide receivers well about three or four years later i'm coaching at luther college we're getting ready to do an international trip because division three the only way you can practice spring ball with pads is to if you have one of those trips uh, part of oh, educational experience. Good. Well, sneaky, sneaky. I got and you. And lo and behold, we're, we're going, we're, we fly into Switzerland. We're going to play a team in Germany. It was just, and didn't know this until the day we were leaving, that we're going to play against the guy I helped give the clinic to from Germany. Oh, so you gave him some tips. Oh, yeah. And so we ended up uh, playing the team. We sma- smashed them 71 and zip. Oh, yeah. They need, they, <laughs> oh, no. So he didn't really take that good of notes then. No, they. It, sometimes it's about the Johns and Joes and not the X's and O's. Ah, I like that. The Johns and Joes. Yeah. I like it. I like so, it. So uh, make a long story short, we uh, from that point, I started getting requests to come and do like you know, can you help us with the no huddle offense and oh, things yeah, like they that? They need a lot of help if they're getting smashed seventy two to nothing. Need a lot and, of help. And so basically, uh, I decided I was like, I want to do something different. And so I went to Amiens, France, turned down a couple small co- college jobs, and was the head coach of a team in France. Guys, that that got me started, bro. I'll tell you what, you know, uh, we're gonna go to break soon, but I I, I gotta preface this real quick before we go to break, and that 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 when J, when JD told me about all the things he was doing internationally, and I was blown away with the like, wait, hold on, wait, he was like, I'm coaching over in France. I'm like, hold on, wait, 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 wait. You 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 coaching American football in France? I mean that. That blew my mind, and that that was probably as as, as recent as probably like five years ago, six years ago, is it right? I mean, it's been about oh, that since that happened for me, or yeah, since, since it happened, no, since it happened uh, to you, for you. Uh, it was four, three years ago. Okay, so three years ago, it blew my mind. I had no idea, no clue that American football was as big as it is. Internationally, I had no idea that it was organized in different areas. I don't know why I didn't know, but I, and, I, and I'm willing to bet that after we get back from break, that you guys are probably going to learn some things about international football, like this American football being played in small cities in France, 
in Germany, in uh, uh, Spain, in uh, uh, Amsterdam. So when we get back uh, from break, uh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm really intrigued in, in all the stories JD told me. I'm really intrigued to hear more about uh, you know the ins and outs. And, I, and I, as as you all know, I'm, I'm really fascinated with the the backgrounds of of some of these athletes. So it'd be interesting to hear what he has to say. So we'll be back. Darnell Autry, OTS, Voice America. We'll be back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. What does building a family mean to you? Nobody has experienced the pain and joy of family life in a way that Freddie Scott has. And his experiences in life, in sports, and business can help you create a successful family future. We'll cover many aspects of family building and management with a focus on fatherhood. Men and women want their families to succeed during these tough times. Our show will give you hope for the future and practical tools for a successful family. Tune in to the Freddie Scott Show, tackling the game of life, Mondays at noon eastern 9 a.m pacific on voice america sports the job of a professional athlete is never complete in life after the game host lamar campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world he'll understand the goals motivations and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career tune in to life after the game with lamar campbell every monday at 6 p.m eastern time 3 p.m pacific time on the voice america sports channel Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Outside the Spotlight with Darnell Autry. If you have a question for Darnell or his guest, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Darnell at DarnellAutry.com. Now, back to Outside the Spotlight. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Monica. I don't, I don't even know what the girl's name is, but I think it's funny that every time I come back, i gotta tell her, I got to make up some name for her. It makes me laugh. Uh, anyway, so we're here. We're here with my guy. We're with my guy JD, and uh, you know JD's really fascinating. He's had a real fascinating um, uh, life thus far with uh, um, with um, with football, and not sort of the traditional way that that you know all of us go through football. You know, we play it, or you coach it here, or you coach little league, or you coach in college, or you coach in the pros. Um, JD actually um, coached American football. In France, and so when he told me that, one I didn't realize that they was playing football in France. So I had to, you know, I had to do some research on that to figure out whether maybe he was lying to me or something. Maybe he was just making it up. You know, he's like, "Oh, yeah, I'm totally head coach over there." I'm like, "Yeah, come on, whatever. They don't play that in there." And so I did the research, and you know, he was right. I mean, he wasn't lying. I mean, he, you know, and so that opened up a whole door for me in terms of like football, like uh, you know, like the options. I was like, "Wait a minute." There's people that are playing internationally. That would be sweet, you know, to be in Italy or France or, or Spain or Germany or whatever. So, uh, Jay, tell me, tell me. So you 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 coached in Amiens. Yes. Okay. Now where now where exactly is that? 
It's about an hour north of Paris. Uh, it was actually one of the first sites for uh, World War II, I believe it was, where the one of the first battles took place. Um, town of about 80,000 people. Are they any good? Yeah, uh, actually. Come on. I, still, come, no, come no, on. I'm going to tell you Come on, dude. I mean, they're France. I can hey. just imagine them smoking on the sidelines. Now, I'm going to th- tell you, there's some early eight, uh, early stages of when the NFL first started. Right. You had those guys. They may smoke before a game right. and after a game, right. but they're not quite doing it on the field. Uh, they're getting more sophisticated. Uh, they have field turf just like here, uh, weight rooms. Now, it's a little different with the lifestyle, with the diet, uh, things like that, but in terms of athletes, in fact, it was a guy from Amion that was on a practice squad for a couple of years with the L.A. Rams just recently. Come Sebastian, on. Yeah. You mean L.A. Rams? I mean St. Louis. I wow. was about to say L.A. Rams. Yeah. I mean, that was not recent yeah. at Sebastian, all. Sebastian, but, right, right. but the, uh, that league had been present for about 40, 35 years at that time. Yeah, I was, do- I was doing the research, and I just really discovered, like, there was a whole league in, in Italy. I mean, there was, like... Like nine teams in there, right? Yeah, I mean, just recently I was coaching in Milan. Right. Uh, Which would have been sweet with all the models. Come on, <laughs> dude. I ain't saying nothing. Yeah, come on, dude. So, anyway, um, <laughs> while, uh, John Grisham wrote a book not too long ago called Playing for Pizza. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it actually spoke of the partic- the exact league I was playing, that I was coaching in. Mentions my team. Um, we played against this year's champion, who the book was based upon, Parma Panthers. Right. Um, but it was so funny, man. Uh, so many connections, even there from, like, people I knew that knew people from my hometown. I mean, you in had guys. France. Yeah, it was a guy that lives down the street from me here in Arizona that was playing on a rival team. Come on, dude. Now you lying now. Now you're just making it up now. No, no, you know, I know, I, I, I kill you, but no, I read, I read the book Playing for Pizza, and I was blown away, right? Because then I then started doing more research and started thinking, like, wow, that would be sweet. Like, you imagine coming out of college, maybe you ain't gonna be a pro, right? Maybe you're not gonna, because th- there's rules, right? They can't have too many American football players, right? I mean, each country, each league has different rules, and they have some. Sometimes they have a league within a league, so they'll have, like, for example, and. Italy, they had the IFL. Okay. Well, teams from the IFL are also uh, going and competing uh, for the Euro Bowl. They're also, which is a total different league, and then the EFL Cup. So it's like three or four leagues. So you don't only play the teams in your country. Like this past year, we played against a team in Prague. We played, what? and I'm going to tell you, I saw the largest individuals ever that play for Prague, and I mean not fat. Really? Yeah. Prague. Uh, Put it like this: Our biggest dude on our team was six six, th- or six seven. Tony was six seven, three hundred and sixty pounds. Which is a big man, but you and probably only have one of them. Right? Yeah. Well, he lined up. No, we had a couple big guys. Right. But he was our largest guy. Right. When we went to Prague, there were three other guys he looked up to. Wow. So those dudes are and, six, and they were fat. And six. They were not fat, really. Mm-hmm. Older guys, though. No. Young guys? Young guys. So wait, so hold on. So so tell me now, so now you, what's the age range? I mean, like, because now you blow my mind. Like, now, they, do they play football in high school like we uh, do well, or no? no? Uh, unlike here, uh, a lot of countries in Europe do not have, like, high school athletics. Uh, so what's, what happens? Ah, uh-huh, that's why they're not good at it. <laughs> well, uh, just the contrary in some, certain sports, like basketball. Right. They right. have what? They call clubs, and so even like Armani Jeans owns a basketball team, what? and then they have 
a feeder program so they get kids out of junior high school and high school and have them in their younger programs and they feed them through. So uh. instead of going to pro, so imagine the Arizona Cardinals, uh, ASU being kind of, they had a ASU that's a feeder program and then they have a high school, a high, school. high that's the feeder for them. Exactly. Right, I got you. I got you. Because they try to, I mean, I, when I was doing my research on the league, they tried to set it up sort of like the soccer and, and it's American soccer, European football. So when you talk about Football to them, you have to say American football because exactly. they know football is soccer. So, which is really confusing and kind of dumb. But either way, whatever. When I was doing the research, I, it looked like you know they have you know flag football for really little kids, and then yes. they have the youth football. And then they they actually try to groom these kids up to the premier team, but they don't get paid, right? I mean, they don't. That's not true. Uh, wait, hold on. So wait, they get paid now? Some do, some don't. That's why I said it's kind of like the earlier stages of the NFL where you may have three or four guys that were getting paid and then the other 25 guys that just look and watching them. Oh, uh, so, I see. Uh, and they spend a lot of money. They also, they have to pay the Americans and they pay the coaches. Uh, for example, while I was in Europe, I, uh, like, um, with France, I had a, uh, a studio or apartment, two bedroom flat. Was it nice? Yeah, very nice. Had a car. What? They paid for my flight, uh, round two round trip tickets, so I was able to go home for Christmas and That's then good, come yeah. back. And then they also give like travel stipends, and so you could get on Ryanair there for seventy five dollars and be in uh, Barcelona wow. for the weekend. <laughs> wow, That's that's sick. That's awesome, man. Yeah, so, so wait, so then. There, so there, so every league has different rules, right? So how many Americans could the Italian league have? Italians, uh, on game day, you can only have three uh, active Americans. So three active Americans. That's people that they pay to yeah. be a part of these teams. Exactly. Because I know that when we, we, we had talked a while back, uh, I was working on a... Um, on a film project, and I thought it'd be really cool because when he told me about the whole league, it blew my mind. I'm like, oh man, that would be awesome. I'd love to go over there and and you know do a documentary on on these teams, you know. And I saw that CBS did something probably two or three years ago, and I saw that and I'm like, oh, I could totally do something way sweeter than that. And so I was talking to another guy, and I was like, I was telling him about my idea for the project, and we're doing a documentary, or whatever. And he's like. Why don't you play? And I'm like, oh, man. You know, at that time, I was probably 30, 33, 34. You know, I almost put a hamstring just thinking about playing. And then he was like, you should play because then we get a first-hand account for it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, I mean, that'd be a, I mean, a great experience to go and play over there and whatever. I mean, I'm banking on the fact that the talent levels, hopefully to the, you know, it's come down a bit so that I can still <laughs> perform at age 35. But. I was working on putting on put together the project, and we were we were talking about it. We were talking about maybe doing like a team kind of a documentary where you're going to league to league and things like that. So uh, you know we're still working on it now. We're still in the, in the midst of it, but you know I, I'm fascinated with this whole thing because I think that you know it blows my mind that the cultures. Are so different, right? I mean, oh. what, what, I mean, <laughs> you, you, you laughing like, oh, this is this is about to be a hot mess. Uh, no, but, but t share some. I mean, just share some kind of differences. I mean, like obviously, they they don't they don't uh, uh, see athletics the way we see. Yeah. Um, for example, they. 
I would say they don't understand the commitment and hard work. They. Oh, uh, wait a minute. Are we back on the lazy French? Are we, is that what we trying to say? JD, are you trying to tell them? I tell you what, I thought I was going to have an aneurysm a couple times. <laughs> You're yelling at them, come oh, on! I mean, conjugating some words I've never conjugated <laughs> over there. Um, but, for example, I will say this. In some ways, they were more passionate about it because it was almost like a subculture. It was developing, and these guys were getting outside business things to get it going. And if you were there, when you saw our games televised and you go to McDonald's and you see my mug shot up on a poster or Pizza Hut in France and walking in and they're like in weekly publications, I'm like, it was no different from me being in the U.S. But in terms of with the players, it to just get into their head the importance of really taking care of their bodies. You know, right. They party hard, they play hard, but they party hard. Right. Uh, Which I can't be mad at them for that because I like to party myself. So that's not a terrible thing. But if you're going to perform at a certain level, obviously, you can't be up there partying and going crazy. Right. I got you. Yeah. And, and so it was some of the things uh, that we do in America that they couldn't handle. And one of the things was to get them assimilated to – American style American football, oh, uh, just t- the physicality of the game. Right, right. Like no, absolutely. So you're saying they're they're, and again, I, again, I, I didn't mean to call them lazy. I wasn't saying that, but I'm just saying that just overall the culture itself affects the way that they impact the sport. So you know, you come over there as a hard nosed coach, and they life isn't like that. They're not used to that kind of push and shove. You come in as a coach, they may not. They might revolt. Yeah, you can have mutiny. Yeah, you might, <laughs> there might be some mutiny. They might be in the locker room smoking like to hell with him. You yeah. know what I mean? And be, you know, they might be Pepe Le Pew on you. You know what I'm saying? They might be like, nah, I'm good with it. And then you you also fight the French coaches and the referees because or the locals there because sometimes they feel bad like Americans shouldn't be there. And so, wow, I so, didn't even think about so, that. So, There's some, some animosity, like oh, we don't even like Americans just in general. Yeah, like when you are there, because they, sometimes they want like a French coach to be the head coach. Uh, uh and then you come over and so you might be lucky to bring one staff member over, but you inherit everything. Right. And so the, you gotta, you gotta balance it. I mean, sort of like it is here. I mean, you gotta balance it between, you know, parents and and the, and the team as a coach. You know, if you're if you're younger, you got to balance the parents and the team. And some parents may not like you. Some parents may like you. The same with college. You got to balance the boosters and the public with the team and the school. And then the pros. You got everybody to balance plus the team. And so and see, it was it because it was pro there. Right. So it is I, pro. It, yeah, it is, it is pro there. Right. Yeah, it is pro. And I had to balance mm-hmm. everything. Uh, I got you. So it wasn't just, it was internal, it was external, it's the whole thing. You had to sort of battle it all. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow, that's, that's incredible. And so the, but then, so I I guess, I I guess my, my fact, and I apologize for starting because it gets me kind of excited because again, I think that this is another opportunity. I mean, I think football is the last international holdout, right? I mean, every other sport, in America is international. And I know for a fact, because, you know, through my research and working on the, trying to get this project together, I know for a fact that the NFL is, is looking 
to the international market because I mean the Super Bowl is probably the biggest watched single event aside from like the World Cup or whatever but that's every four years or whatever but the Super Bowl every year is watched internationally absolutely and here's the thing they have a what they just had they have it for uh, both the high school age and the pro uh, college pro age is called the World Bowl and it's every four years and uh, four years ago this year America won but four years ago the Americans went into double overtime against the Japanese. And who would have thunk that? And Notre Dame does their alumni games in Japan to play against those teams. Australia is a guy at Arizona Western that a lot of top schools, SEC schools and things like that are trying to get to uh, play. And he was playing in Australia. So people like myself, who I bring my company, High Intensity Sports, over, we go and do camps. And also that's how I got hooked up with Italy, so training some of the guys and things like that and getting those names out. So sometimes a college coach will say, hey, what about this kid, and vice versa. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, so we'll we'll be back. We're going to take a, a quick break again, and we're going to get back with my man J.D. Harris, and we're going to talk more about this international football thing and what he's been doing here in the States. Uh, we'll be back. Darno Autry, OTS, Voice America. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports do you think that all of the generic financial information you get every day is hard to navigate you need to tune in to duffy's financial playbook every weekend andreas duffy will help you filter out this information and turn it into wisdom that you can really use be informed about the financial decisions you're about to make instead of just blindly making decisions Andre's connections in the business and professional sports world will help you so you don't need to worry about your financial success. Tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook, Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. When it comes to youth and high school football, listen each week to Coach Al Gross at First and Ten Football. Coach covers vital topics relating to the latest trend on a national level. Join Coach as he interviews personalities from the NFL, NCAA, and the top high school coaches from around the country. Catch all the interviews and get in-depth information online at www.firstand10football.com. Your national resource for youth and high school football. First and Ten Football is Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Outside the Spotlight with Darnell Autry. If you have a question for Darnell or his guest, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Darnell at DarnellAutry.com. Now, back to Outside the Spotlight. 
Oh yeah, so so I'm in the studio. Me, me and JD, uh, my guy JD Harris, who has uh, had quite the international American football experience, and we were just talking about how um, we we think and we know that you know the NFL is looking to expand um, its talent pool. It's looking to, and I'm sure the NCAA is also looking at that as well. And and you know JD was just blowing my mind about all the different countries that have that have been starting the program. So I mean, go, just tell me what you were telling me. Uh, like right now, I have a client uh, team in Portugal. They the lumberjacks. Uh, wait 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> wait a damn minute. They got the, well, hold on a team called the lumberjacks. Now in, the in, in where Portugal? Come on, dude. Is there any mountains in Portugal? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I don't, okay, you just blew my. I apologize. Continue as you were. I apologize. I just had to. Well, you go. You could go down to Australia. Um, in fact, Florida State has a, a kid from Germany. You have Austria. You have Sweden, uh, Switzerland. You have Japan. You have the Koreas. Uh, Puerto Rico has a league. Mexico has is one of the other top leagues uh, internationally. And uh, the Bahamas just started football there in high school about five or six years ago at wow. Mass. Uh, and Peyton Manning was doing a major push to make football Olympic sport. And now I, I could see that being a reality. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, I, again, through my research, like, when we talk a lot about it, I, I talked to some of the folks at the USA uh, um, USA football. A lot of people don't know that this, this even exists. This is USA football, and what they do is they they, they provide – Youth organization football programs, like if you had Pop Warner, if you wanted to get a team in your area, you wanted to start a youth football team, the USA Football would come and help you set it up and help you find coaches and things like that. But USA Football has an all-star team that they put together, and, and in the last couple of years they've had a, an all-star team. This is for high schoolers, and they play the all-stars from international. Yep. And that blew my mind. I was like, "Wow, really? That's that's incredible." Do you know that dated back to almost when we were in high school? See, and I would have never even—I was never invited. I don't know because, what's up with that. Maybe they didn't think I was that sweet or something. I don't know. <laughs> see, that's the thing. See, that's the thing that can be fizzed up. That all of a sudden I'm learning about all this stuff after the fact because it makes me start now questioning. Maybe I'm not that sweet. Maybe I wasn't as good as I thought I was in my own head because I was not invited <laughs> to none of this high school all-star international business. You know what I'm saying? When I was coming up, so you were getting bigger invites, Darnell. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Thank you very much. I'm I'm fizzed up now. I'm pissed off now. No, but I, I, it's I, we were just talking like we we think and part of you know get back to the USA football is that you know I know that they're making a push the IFA IFAL right the International Federation of American Football which is this whole big program it's it's a big this is a governing body right that has 52 countries worldwide involved right and you're talking the same kind of countries what you were saying JD they got uh you know Japan they got Korea they got Australia they got all this stuff and they're they are one of the big bodies that are pushing the Olympics saying, hey, you know, we, we think that football should be, an America, uh, should be an Olympic sport. Now, however, I think that if you were going to do that, that it would have to be amateur, right? And if you're talking amateur, now you're talking like the best of the best college. Now, would those guys be willing to play, you know, maybe put their pro thing on, on the, you know. And then the other question that I would have is that, it would be not even a, 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 a not even a question if we had our pros play. I mean, it would be it would be 
complete domination, I think, for a oh, long, absolutely. long, long time. Yeah. Only because, only because, like, these other countries are still working on, and let's say they've been, let's say they had football since 88, or, or let's say they had it since the 80s. You're still, we're still 20 years ahead of them in terms of, 20, 30 years ahead of them in terms of youth development and, and all that stuff. Yeah, and they're making a push for that, and one of the things, like I said, Japan went to double overtime with American D2 smaller schools. So guys that have had successful careers almost getting beat. Uh, and what people don't know, like the universities, like in Japan, uh, Coach Errol Mosley, who coached at Notre Dame, Stanford, well, uh, coached at the Bears. He was running back coach. Uh, he's right now coaching in Japan at a university. And, That's so hardcore. And the university has a multi-million dollar built football building. They have field turf and, and stuff I'm gonna, is listen, real. Listen, I'm going to say it for everybody that's listening because I know everybody's like, hold on, wait a second, Japan. Now, in our heads, okay, we're thinking 5'5", five, five, 125, 130 pounds across the board, like all small dudes, right? I mean... Because everything we think like, oh, Japan, China, they're all small people. They're not, I mean, aside from Yao Ming, right, you were thinking everybody's small. Ignorance will kill you. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, uh, yeah, fair enough, fair uh, enough. Uh, uh, what you get, for example, uh, in a Japanese culture, they're very precise. I mean, their their practices are ran very efficient. Is Militant, mi- if you military. will. Military. It's just, it's Everything's to the second. Their coaches are putting in NFL coaching hours. They're talking. You're talking to, about the university level. Yeah, they're right. they're actually coming over here. Uh, yeah, like we're talking about yeah. going to Oklahoma, going to University of Notre Dame, and they're sitting in on these coaching meetings and videotaping and taking it back, and they're they're doing it. And they do have some guys with size. In fact, their receivers uh, at the university. I was watching uh, Coach Mosley's team. And there, they had a couple six foot receiver, a few six foot receivers. And I was in America and didn't have a couple six foot receivers. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, what, so what, but what do you think, what do you think the real, like, the, the issues are? Is it, is it just the, it's gonna take time to develop? Do you think it's, it's the, the, the country's not as excited? Like, I can't imagine. Italy being so pumped up about American football. I mean, they're super. They're ex- they're excited about the Pro Bowl. It's a small demographic of people that are excited about yeah. NFL football, right? Definitely. But do you think it's it's the development of the youth? Because I know that that's what they said. The the problem with NFL Europe was is that they didn't have the youth. You sort of like you just introduced football to people that were twenty five and thirty, and they're like, "Well, we don't really know much about it. We didn't, you know, grow up with it, so it's not as exciting for us." Yeah, well, the times have changed. Times have changed. First of all, you have things like the internet. You now have uh, John Madden that's played on Xboxes and mm-hmm. things like that. And you know, with is is a global community now. Right. And so, what the thing I say from my experience there, the biggest av- uh, adversary would be ingraining it into the culture. Right. Right, right. Uh, Getting and, enough fanfare, enough yeah, people to. Yeah, because sport is recreation in Europe. Right. You know, it's art. It's you know, food. Unless, unless, unless you're playing soccer, right? I mean, cause soccer. Exactly. Well, soccer is a relatively uh, cheap sport. I mean, and, I, I don't and that mean was that, the other thing, the money. Right, the money, the money to help support. I mean, the football uniforms, the helmets, the pads, all that stuff. Now, how many fans would you get at one of your games? 
I would say like in Amion, we we got five thousand uh, when we oh, played so the that's, Flash. That's a good good size. Yeah, but Division you, three high schools, some high yeah. schools in Texas can get that money. Oh, oh high school, <laughs> right? Texas, exactly, yeah. Yeah, high school. But, Texas, uh, right. Yeah, I, I mean, you would get sometimes a larger crowd than some Division three schools. In fact, uh, one of my former players at a Division three school, I brought him over to Europe, and he saw more. And he, this was at Benedictine University outside of Chicago. Right. I took him there, and he saw more people at our game in France than he did. During his four years playing uh, yeah. at Benedictine. Right, right. Uh, they just, each country is a little different over there. Germany is big. Austria it is big. Right. And you're uh, talking big like 20,000 people? Uh, well, 10,000? Yeah, yeah you, you'll get that. So it, relative it's to advertised. The size. Okay, right. It's gotcha. part, because, but you gotta think about the American influence because of the military, things like that. That's another reason why Japan and the bases and uh, things yeah. like that. So do think they, about do you. They, right, do, <laughs> right. No, no, absolutely. Do they, do they get to play? Do they, do military kids, do they, I mean, they, I know the high schools probably They can't play, play for the quote unquote pro level. I got uh, But they can, you know, some of the guys that go there and practice or volunteer and coach and things like that. That's, that's mind blowing. That is absolutely mind blowing. Cause I know, like, I, my, my very first show, I had my, one of my idols, my, my high school coaches on there. He was telling me that he was coaching, uh, a, a high school all-star team in Arizona, a group of all-stars that went down to Australia. And they've been doing that now for the last, but three or four years, mm-hmm. well, maybe even longer. And I'm like, wow, really? How come, you know, they were just, you know, it's just the sister city kind of thing. And you're right. I think the Internet helps, uh, you know, the, the community. It's a global community. Everybody knows that now. It's been that way in sports for a long time now with, you know, baseball, basketball. But now I think the next step is this football. This football boom is going to be ridiculous. Well, I'm just going to give you an example. Uh, when I was in Milan, I had a 15-year-old quarterback uh, from the younger leagues because part of the thing I would go and just kind of scout because I love the game. Right. And so I went down to watch our little uh, our youth younger feeder, youth, youth feeder program, feeder, right? and this kid had some natural mechanics for a guy that's not around football a lot. Mm-hmm. And so actually, what they want to do the the pro team is going they're setting him up to do a student exchange so he could play football in the fall in America, get trained. And have a part of his everyday lifestyle for a while. So now they don't have to go and spend money bringing in an American quarterback to uh, run. Yeah, and so, so now they have a, a guy that has gone, played in America in high school, and went on to play. And Italy, my that big guy I was telling you about, right? He actually played at Liberty College and was coached by one of my former players. I just met him when I got to Italy. Wow, that's the it, it. It's really it really is a small world in terms of the football community, and it's very interesting that you know again this international thing opens it up to a lot of different things. And I, and again, I'm not I don't know which leagues allow for American players to play or what leagues play pay, um, what leagues support it, but. You know, there are now more options for, you know, college kids that come out and say, you know, I'm not going to be a pro, but I still want to play and I want to have an awesome experience. And so maybe Italy, maybe France might be an option. Maybe Japan might be an option. Well, what happened uh, when I went in 2008, I, the AFL, the Arena Football League, was mm-hmm. on strike. I took the Iron Man of the Year, Jermaine Lewis, mm-hmm. 
and took him over to Europe, and he played for me. Uh, I, I was actually going to bring over Peter Warwick. Right. <laughs> just to, right, right. Just, I mean, because he was playing indoor football league. So you have guys that played on NFL rosters that got cut or whatever, and they just want to stay in shape. I mean, when I thought the NFL lockout was going to be uh, go longer, right. I actually contacted trying to get John Clay over Oh, yeah, see, here you go, here you go trying to get John Clay going, okay. He would I mean, go over there and abuse them boys. I'm sure you were, he'll go there and abuse them boys. That ain't right. <laughs> that ain't right. So, we're gonna take another quick break and then we're gonna, we're gonna wrap this whole thing up. We're gonna talk a little bit about what JD's up to in terms of when he's here in the States, how you can get a hold of him if you're a youth player or a high school player and you're interested in, in uh, taking your game to the next level. I know he's based here in, uh, in Arizona, but I know he does a few other things and camps and whatnots um, elsewhere so uh, we'll share that when we get back um yeah we'll be back darn lottery ots boys america your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports sports and medicine go hand in hand Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even lawnmower racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit Pass USA with Larry Henry, your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports you're tuned in to outside the spotlight with darnell autry if you have a question for darnell or his guest please call 1-888- 346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Darnell at DarnellAutry.com. Now, back to Outside the Spotlight. Yes, and we're back with my guy, J.D. Harris, international football, international American football coach extraordinaire <laughs> and participant. Um, so, J.D., so so what are you doing here in the States? I mean, you, you, part, you spend part of your year in Europe in Milan with all the models, and then the rest of the year. I mean, what, I mean, what are you what are you doing? What's the what's the plan? What's the goal? How have you been? Typically, lately, what I've done is I've offered my services, my company, High Intensity Sports Concepts. Uh, I've off- offered 
my company and services to local high schools to kind of help uh, just consult their off their team, whether it's their offense or just even a whole program. I worked with a couple teams in the Valley. But then and also with that, I train people like doing skilled sport functional training. So, for example, a guy like you right. that, you know, getting you back and, you know, used to doing things running backs do, uh, just functional training. Uh, position training. I've worked with a lot of quarterbacks, and I don't just do it here in Arizona. I run camps from here to Chicago to New Mexico. Zuni, New Mexico, did something with their tribe, right. uh, with their high school this summer. Uh, just wait, 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 wait. Hold on. You just glaze over that. Wait, the, the Zuni, like like Indian tribe. Yeah, Native and American tribe. They Native have American. their own high school. All right, exactly. Yeah, and I you did. You went over there and consulted with I, the, I did. Uh, what I did, I ran a three-day camp. I brought in uh, a couple college coaches and uh, sports psychologists, things like that, and we ran a three- or four-day camp. It was three days. Right. And just preparing them, doing some things with their system, uh, getting the guys and doing some character education as well, right, right. and giving their coaches some coaching points on some things that they could do to maximize their staff and things like that. Now you're now you're not just taking high school and youth kids. You're taking anybody uh, college, guys that are preparing for the pros. I had a, a guy from out here that last year got to try out Eric McCain with the Seattle Seahawks. He was in uh, camp with them. Uh, so I guess whatever. Yeah, exactly. Now how we, now how do you have like a website? Or yes, you have like it's a- www.highhi-intensitysports.com. Okay, so it's www.high hi-intensitysports.com. Yes. So if you are if you have a kid uh, and you think that the kid could be, could use JD services, uh, obviously you just contact, reach out to the the, the page. Uh, along with if you're uh, an established player and you want to just continue to train and work out, and you know you're here, I know he's here in Phoenix. Uh, and as a matter of fact, I, you know, I trained, like I told you, when I was working on this project, I was feeling pretty good about it. And it just worked, you know, just still working on getting the funding and things. But when I was working on this documentary about going over and playing, you know, at age 35, not because I think I'm sweet, but because I think it'd be kind of a great experience. I mean, if I get over there and get blown away, it's, it's great stuff. If I go over there and rock, it's even better. So, but I, I actually trained a, a few times with JD and, um, he, Killed me. So, yeah, and, and I have pictures. And, yeah, too. I know you do. I know you have pictures. I don't have to. I'm gonna have to get them from you though beforehand because I don't want to be blackmailed. Um, but no. So I mean, so you, you're doing those. You're doing that. You're also doing camps. You work with the Hypo group, right? Yeah, I do some things with Josh Hypo in the summer on some other native camps. Um, also, like I have a new addition into high intensity, and I'm doing more than just football. We're right. venturing out. I, I have Shakita Jones, who was a four-time state champion in uh, Waukee or in Illinois. She ran at UCLA, was an Olympic alternate. She's going to be working with me and Jeff Jenkins uh, with my speed camp mm-hmm. uh, to so those guys getting ready because co- with the economy, stuff is changing. Right. Uh, people can no longer just afford to get an academic scholarship. Uh, parents are, you know, you can't afford not to have my services where you have Lane Kiffin giving a, a scholarship to a 13-year-old. Right, uh, offering. right. So the game has changed. So the recruiting is getting, so recruiting is getting younger and younger. And, you know, Coach, uh, Coach McBurney, when he was here the first week, he actually talked about how kids are training earlier and earlier on the same Sport and it, and it, in his opinion, he thinks it's kind of hurting them, um, you know, because you're not you're not getting the diversification. You're only you're only you're only training in football only. So 
you know, you don't participate in any other sports, which I think other sports help support whatever it is, your career, your football, your track supports, all those, all those different, yeah, different sports. So, but at the same time, I like my clients, they, I encourage them to play other sports, but then we'll go and work skill specific. But at this time, you're coming in as a seventh or eighth grader and you're trying to get a scholarship. You know, which as a freshman, sounds which sounds mind blowing. Yeah, but you're trying to get on freshman or JV as a freshman or as a sophomore. Right, you right. need to play in order to get the exposure. Right. So uh, now, unfortunately, the way that with mass media and things like that, you need someone that's established that has network and knows what to how to train you to get you those exposure. Like uh, Steve Clarkson, I mean, the, he started doing Pop Warner now. Every top quarterback, anybody that's going to be drafted in the first ten picks, work with them. Right. And so I'm doing the same thing. It's uh, very similar. Right. And it's funny that thinking about the youth. I just read something about a kid. I was looking before the show. <laughs> we were doing the. We were doing the. Uh, I was looking the web, and somebody said, "Hey, you heard about that 11 year old kid in Arkansas who they they put in a rule that says he can only score three touchdowns?" And I'm like, "No, nah, I didn't hear nothing about." It. So I did, I looked up on the on the web, and man. This little kid is lightning fast. I mean, he's got to be at least five, ten times faster than everybody else on the field. It just looks ridiculous. It looks like some Tech Mobile type speed and great. But they put a rule that says he can't score more than seven, seven touchdowns. So seven, he can't score more than three touchdowns in a game. So you know, I, I mean, I played with freaks like that. You know, I mean, we know freaks like that. My nephew right now in Illinois playing for Gurney. Right. He averages three touchdowns a game on four carries. Right. And right now, right <laughs> now, six. I'd be shocked. Yeah, it'd be, I'd be shocked if NFL pro scouts are looking at six-year-olds. <laughs> like, hey, you know, I think he's going to be sweet in high school. We got to keep keep him. Li- we should probably start him lifting. You know, which is crazy. I think it's crazy. It's getting it's getting younger. Everybody and younger. wants to edge. Yeah, everybody wants to edge. But more importantly, the contracts are getting bigger and bigger, and people are going, hey, this is my ticket out of a bad neighborhood, a bad family, or just to take take my family or my my financial you know situation to a whole different level you know i mean even when i was playing at you know i played 97 98 or whatever in that 2000 range the money is definitely much bigger now i mean the exposure is much bigger not that it wasn't big then cuz people were getting big money then but people are starting to notice i mean the whole world is starting to take notice that hey you become a professional athlete you're going to make a lot of money and people like yourself are making money on that saying hey listen i can help you get there now, it's not even, that's not that you're making false promises. It's like you need, you know, you need these extra things because the other kids that you're competing against are doing the same thing. What's the difference between ordinary and extraordinary? The extra. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it's, 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 it's incredible. It really is incredible. And I think it, it, it's, I mean, it's great when it works out. It's great when a kid gets an opportunity, you know, because he worked really hard to get there. It's bad when by the time they get to high school, they're burnt out of football. They want no parts of it because they've been lifting and training and, I don't know, God knows what, doing steroids and all that stuff. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, and, for example, what some of my clients, I really, we do more. I, my slogan is be complete to compete. Mm-hmm. So even with parents, I have a sit down with the parents and say, hey, this is what we want. But also, I want your kid to take a break so they love what they do, not Absolutely. feel like it's a job it's a life eight. experience. Right, exactly. You're 10 years old and you're strapped to football. Well, J.D., listen, I, man, I, I, I'm more than grateful to have you here on the show. Uh, you've been a good friend of mine for a long time, and I appreciate it. Anytime you want to come back to the show, please do. 
uh, you know, I, I hope that you guys out there listening learned a little something, something. Uh, it blows my mind every time I talk about it. I'm super excited because I think it's a whole new frontier for our sport, uh, and I think it's only going to make the sport better, and I think it's going to make the talent pool bigger, and I think it's going to add, you know, that extra thing, you know, the, the cultural spin and, and, you know, really open it up to the world, and I think it's, uh, I think it's truly a great thing. So I really appreciate you guys all tuning in. Uh, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, uh, hopefully next week I have, uh, have as good a time this week, uh, that then than I do now. Uh, we'll be back next week. Darnell Autry, Voice America, OTS. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Outside the Spotlight with Darnell Autry can be heard live every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Come back next week for another exciting show. We'll be right back.